Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855am digital and 3cr.org.au.
3CR 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon till one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. 3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the Kulin Nation and we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging, particularly in this NAIDOC week and acknowledge any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander people um, tuning in to the show today. Um, and um, I'm Sally Goldner, your host. I use the pronouns she, her, and um, we opened up appropriately enough with First Nation, the opening track off the fantastic new Midnight Oil release, The Makarata Project. Um, excellent um, to have them back, and the fact that all the proceeds from this um, release go to um, appropriate um, causes um, in relation to um, the situation of those seeking to elevate the Uluru Statement from the heart. Um, lots going on. Gosh, it's a busy day. Um, you know, I had the pleasure of being in the Feminist Writers Festival yesterday, um, which is now wound up. Um, there's also Fringe Festival going on, which we'll come to in just a second. Also, it's um, Trans Awareness Week. Um, more updates on the fantastic Biden victory. Um, and um, also, it's well, it's a an anniversary today that perhaps we don't like. Um, so there's lots to talk about. Um, if you want to get in touch with the program, um, you can do so on um, on um, various means of communication. You can email out of the pan eight five five at gmail dot com. You can SMS six one four five six. 751215. You can tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. And you can look for the posts on Facebook, um, and they are at my page, Sally Goldner AM, and at Out of the Pan 855 AM Melbourne. And remember, any opinions on the program are my own. And more so, perhaps for about the second half of the program, um, give or take, I think that um, I will give the um, phone numbers. For the show, uh, for Switchboard, um, 1-800-184-527. That's QLife, including Switchboard around um, QLife around the country. Switchboard as part of QLife in Victoria and Tasmania. And um, also, um, if you, um, issues of family violence arise, 1-800-542-847. But the first half of the show is talking to a wonderful guest who I've got on the proverbial line. Um, and um, he has an event in Fringe that comes up this week to tell us all about it. David Farrington. David, welcome to 3CR. Hello. Oh, um, we're having some technology issues. So what I'm going to do is um, I'll um, just quickly play some messages and get David on another means of communication. Um, and... Um, be right back with you on 3CR 855am digital 3cr.org.au 3CR on demand there's kind of a lot of a lot of things that are coming up to the fore at the moment as well particularly in terms of the way that we imagine for example essential work and also sort of essential community life or essential caregiving 
um, and how those how those function. If we think about sort of the way that queer family often takes very very sort of different forms and very you know important and meaningful forms that often don't match the picture of normative heteronormative family life but how so many of the of the affordances or the restrictions or the kind of the, the government governmental sort of imagining of the way that we should live and what we need to live and what we need to survive really is shaped around heteronormativity you know it's around the family life in the suburb as opposed to many you know single individuals who have shared queer family both sexual and community connections that sustain them and that kind of give them give them life and give them give them sort of energy and comfort and safety and security and support you're listening to 3cr community radio 855 am on digital and online 3cr radical radio Three CR eight five five AM, three CR digital, three CR.org.au, three CR on demand out of the pan with Sally first broadcasting noon to one Sunday afternoon. Um, live radio. It's good to be back doing it um, between noon and one Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. And prior to the show, of course, we had the wonderful show Out of the Blue, diving deep for the marine news as they always do. We've now um, the choice of technology. Thank heavens for the 21st century. We think on a different form of technology is David Farrington. David, welcome to 3CR. Hello, Sally. It's wonderful to be with you. Yes. What an indeedly strange time we live in when technology is both our friend and our enemy. <laughs> that's right, a, fr- a frenemy, I think, as the as the saying goes. Yes, as right. the saying goes, but we've got you now, and you're loud and loud, loud and clear, as they used to say in the seventies. Said this um, person of that era, ten four, good buddy, and all that. Um, <laughs> it's good to be with you, and um, we'll just we'll both do it. A deep breath. Thank heavens for the technology, a, and we'll... a bit of a bit of technology mindfulness goes a long way these days, doesn't it? With everyone zooming all over the place, zooming um, and Teamsing and um, Google and Hangouting, and, and goodness yes, knows what bit, else. We're a bit digitalised out of our brains, I believe. That's right. So we'll go back to the good old phone, which is probably what I needed to do in the first place, and it's our work. Resurrect the analog, I say. <laughs> analog. It wasn't she a drag queen down at the exchange? <laughs> it's a pun. Yeah, I think she had... I think I think she was at the um, she was at the secure hotel at one stage. <laughs> That's right, but um, she could be part of queer creativity, and you've got some queer creativity as part of Melbourne Fringe. Um, <laughs> tell us about the event that you're involved in this um, during this week. Um, what is I it, and indeed. how did it all come um, about? How did it come about? Our event is called Queer at Can Conversations in LGBTQI Content. So it's a bit of a uh, a bit of a entertainment, it's a bit of professional development, it's a bit of networking. It came about for me attending the Cannes Film Festival in France last year as an actor um, and I decided to make a documentary while I was there as a filmmaker. Went to the big queer night at the Cannes Film Festival, which I can recommend if anyone's in France at the time of the Cannes Festival, I would seriously recommend going. It's a hoot. It's about a thousand people, directors, producers, writers from all over the film industry of the world. I shot a film asking them what's going on in the queer side of the international film industry and it turned out a bit of a bit of a mixture of an underbelly of, of what's going on and a, and a whole lot of really interesting things about diversity and equality in film and cinema and storytelling generally. So what I decided to do is decide to put the film together with four amazing what I'm calling super queer writers from Ooh. across the LGBTQI community, from stage, screen, film and academia, who are presenting after the film to, to take questions about 
how to write inclusive, diverse, authentic queer stories from a range of different perspectives. Uh-huh. And then we're going to have a Q&A. They're also presenting um, golden tips and pearls of advice as super established and published writers in their own formats um, about how to, how, to, how to do the art of queer storytelling in a way that's equal, fair, representative, but actually can also sell and be, be successful on this world stage. Ah, there's well, there's lots in there that I could ask questions on, but I'm going to. Um, it was a great executive, executive summary, but I'm going to bounce <laughs> off your last point because this is Thank an you. issue. That pitch, has been, that pitch has been touring for a while. That one. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well, well. Look, preparate. I'm all for preparation. It's, some, it's something I allegedly do on this show from time to time. But seriously, um, you know, I, I want to go. Right, I'll go right to the heart of it. I think that last yeah, point absolutely. is critical because we don't. You know, there's been times where, unfortunately, queer films have you know have not been great. I'm thinking of that version from around 2014 of Stonewall, where the trans women of colour were put into the background because oh, we had yep. to make it more accessible. Um, yep. So we, you know, yes, we want to get our stories out there so we're understood. It's part of the history of our communities, those sorts of things. And also, Absolutely. we also want to put out there what how awesome it is to be queer um, as well. And it's about Absolutely. how then do we create a win-win solution? Let's explore that a bit. You know, can you give us some teasers um, that oh, might come up teases. in the film well, or in what we discuss? It's been an interesting journey for myself as a writer and as a director. Um, you know, I started off asking what what the, what came up in the film that can is is a lot of things. Yes, we have visibility. We have eighteen percent of queer characters now in mainstream films, but that is not equal across the LGBTQI mm. community spectrum. For example, people who are gender diverse and um, non-binary are a minority in that representation still. Yes, we have a lot of gay films. Um, increasingly, queer women are being represented on cinema as well. And but but um, we don't have the equality in our community. So for years we've complained about lack of equality with the broader mainstream and now we've got mainstreams forming within our own community and we've got uh, possibly an increasing level of sort of disparity around that. So um, really what I'm hoping to do is create a conversation and I'm a controversial person, I like debate, I like dialogue and I like discussion. We're in a time when democracy is failing. Thank God we've had a slight shift towards it recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think we need to have these debates within our own community as well as outside of them. In terms of the, the pearls of wisdom, I don't want to give too much away, but it, it, and it's been a very interesting journey about what different... I've been looking at my different writers' um, presentations and what they're saying are, are, what are what adds and what helps with the art of good queer storytelling. It's a really, really interesting question in its own right, and I'm learning a great deal about this as a writer on, on, on the journey myself. But a lot of it is asking, um, who, who are you writing for? And who you're writing about, are you part of that community, for example? Mm-hmm. And that's fine if you are, but if you're not, there's a certain set of tips and practices that you really need to do to sort of engage and do that more authentically. Um, also, we tend to see a lot of stereotyping. We, we're talking about two issues. We're talking about people writing from outside of our community and culture and experiences and people who are writing within our community and culture and experiences. And within both those groups of people, there, there are challenges for actually doing good queer storytelling. So I'm hoping to address and give some people some helpful tips and not bias and some pearls of wisdom to these extraordinary super writers in, in how to actually sort of nail that story a little bit better. Um, but it comes down to a lot of basics. It comes down to just visibility. It comes down to respect. But it also comes down to understanding why have you chosen to make that character queer or transgender oh. or non-binary? What reason have you done that for? Is it because it's cool? Is it because it's still gimmicky? Or is it because you're queer or, or come from the community yourself but simply want to represent it in a way that may not be enough. You have to think more clearly and deeply about why that character is there 
and what's that character's sexuality got to do with their broader story and character. So oh. um, a lot of writers are falling into traps and getting into sort of places where their stories are quite superficial or don't really kind of connect with something more deeper and more authentically with what they're wanting to actually talk about, and hopefully this is going to help people guide them in that direction. Oh, look, um, we're not allowed to, still not allowed to hug just yet, um, hug strangers, but if we were in person I'd be, um, and you were in the studio, I'd be jumping across the desk hugging you for everything you've just said. You are... oh, thank you, Sally. <laughs> um, we can do it. Well, isn't that a side of the times? We'll probably be doing e-hugs soon, won't we? <laughs> we'll have to work out a way to do that or elbow bumps or something because you are yeah. so right. And um, there's a few things that came to mind. One was an article back in The Guardian, Australia, on the 15th of October by Alex Gallagher, why trans, um, about trans people trusting non-trans authors um, yes. to lead conversations. And this is right, if you're writing a first-person character, I think you've really got to have that lived expertise. I can't write about a cisgender gay man to, for, to a That's fair right, extent. That's right. Some of my writers will say, say that there's obviously the play, writing is as much imagination as it is fact. And, and, but even using your imagination can be done in an inclusive way. Yep. Um, and I, that's what I find quite fascinating. That's one of the things that we're going to be talking a little bit about in the workshop. Um, we've got a wonderful, um, very dynamic, extraordinarily talented chap by the name of Nevo, mm. Nevo Nissin. And oh, um, I'm, I'm still um, have problems with his beautiful name, um, which, is, which is not a good thing. But he's, um, I've just looked at his, uh. his presentation that he's going to be presenting. It's really quite stunning in the way he talks about. He gives a, a wonderfully well-defined set of arguments, set of ways in which you can, for example work and develop a gender-diverse character or a non-binary character and do it in a way that's going to be, be successful as a story for you and for you and, and knowing your broader audience and for that audience. Yeah, and I will I will have to do this, that Navoz is in, but uses they-them pronouns, identifies as non-binary. They-them, my apologies. Thank you, yep. And um, as, as a gay man, I fall into this trap too and it's yep. an automated habitual response and I've got to pull my own bootstraps up about it as well. Yeah, well, look, you know, we can all make a slip so long as we fix it and then go for a 100% batting average thereafter. That's the main thing. And we, I think what was just happened was pretty close to perfect practice in that situation. Um, mm. So there we go. But, Thanks, I mean, Billy. there are the sort of things that you know, need to come up, how we use pronouns. If we're writing about someone in their life as how they were, I'm going to use the word, society expected them to live as they in the first part of their life, for gender identity and expression, um, including name and pronouns, and then we go to, um, you know, sort of the second part of their life. How do we refer to them in the first part of life? These are the sort of issues about which we need to be talking, how to do that right so it is respectful and reflects on a day-to-day basis. And, yeah, yeah. Look, the other thing you, you touched on was certainly this idea that sometimes people jump on bandwagons. I've been approached um, by people wanting to me be, to be a, a transcript advisor but they're going to have, say, even a cis woman playing a trans woman because, oh, the cis woman actress has got the big name. And I've just said, no, sorry, um, trans people are out of work, that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, I have had the, the trendy thing as well. And also people who perhaps aren't aware of their cis privilege. I'll try to keep this one as de-identified as possible, obviously, in name. But I was approached by people who wanted to make a film, we'll say, where the trans character was going to be um come across in a very villainous way and not a very yeah. rounded person and it just really played on stereotypes and they could not get that the world was not at that point yet. They thought they were trying to do us a favour and in yeah. the end again had to say no. So these are very much issues that need to discuss, be discussed. So this is very, very awesome that you are doing said discussion. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I'm, I'm 
You know, it was interesting. Um, I'm British Australian. I spent a lot of time working in London and Edinburgh, and I was back there. And then being in France was interesting as well. Um, and talking to the international industry in that, in that, in that, on that open stage. Um, for example, the UK has a diversity fund to the BBC. You know, things are going down the hill with Brexit now, and I'm not sure how diversity is going to um, progress mm. further over there. I don't know. It may go. It may do okay. It may not. It's difficult to tell. Um, but certainly, um, you know, you're seeing what what did, did amaze me is things even in even overseas haven't advanced as much as you think they have. Um, um, for example, uh, a lot of women of colour were complaining, uh, certainly within cinema, that they weren't getting the representation mm. um, as well. So you, I think we're, you, we're seeing a sort of a decline in equality and we're seeing a growth in equality. We're seeing this paradox in the world at the moment. Um, and I'm really interested for this to be a debate and a place where people actually talk about what's going on and the way, way we construct our stories and who's telling those stories and where those stories get told and in what form. Because I think if the storytelling's not right, then everything else isn't right, pretty much. Yep. Um, so, um, you know, yeah. and the entertainment industry and the arts have such enormous influence and power in the way that we see ourselves and we view ourselves in the world. And if, if we're not telling our stories or other people are telling our stories in a you know, respectful and authentic way, then I think that's a human rights issue. I really do. And I think it's an interesting debate we're having it's really about my event is very much a collision between i guess a human rights approach and an approach as an artist and yep. i think there will be a tension there and there needs to be a tension there um so i'm hoping the people uh that will be coming will be creatives creatives from a lot of different platforms particularly writers particularly storytellers particularly anyone creating content whether from the lgbtqi community and from outside of it um i'm hoping this is an opportunity where we can have a really good debate and discussion about how to help everyone's storytelling just become a little bit um, top notch. Excellent. Now you've mentioned the awesome Navosas in um, there on the panel. Who else have you have you got with you on a ta- as it says on the Fringe Festival website at melbournefringe.com.au yes. a talented yes, I've, guest I've, panel I've, of Australian and international I've people. I've kept our guests a little bit secret actually, and I was hoping Ooh. hoping that would be a little bit of a surprise on the night. We've got an extraordinary lady by the name of Professor Anne Harris at um, RMIT University. Oh, yes. Anne is a playwright and an academic from New York who's just recently published a book with her um, her wife, um, Stacey Collins, called um, The Queer Life of Things. She's going to be talking about that and particularly giving a, a critical perspective from academia on this issue about content and, and story construction and writing. Um, we're also going to be talking to Steve Pereira, who is on the board of CineSpace, which is a wonderful organisation based in Footscray that works with diversity in cinema in Victoria. Um, Steve is a, a, a black African who's talking particularly from the perspectives of white privilege and uh-huh. representation of minorities and authenticity in story, queer storytelling. Um, and we have a wonderful writer, novelist um, from South Africa called Even Venter, who's a, a multi-award winning um, book uh, author of several books, particularly um, his last book, Green as the Sky is Blue, is addressing the tensions around sexuality and intimacy that men face in their lives, particularly gay men, but much more broadly around masculinity as well. Oh, yeah. So four well, very, very different perspectives from stage, screen, um, the world of literature um, and the world of academia, and hopefully they're going to collide a bit and create a bit of a potpourri 
in the way that we can get a bit of a, a discussion. I'm a great believer in bring bring minds together and something beautiful comes out. Oh, look, I agree. I um, There's two things I have to say there. One is it's like you're sitting around the round table but, and you're looking at the centre from different angles and I've got to say it, you're going to throw a whole heap of perspectives into the pan, said the show, out of the pan. Um, sorry, it was a must. Um, so, look, seriously, this is <laughs> this is just too awesome, um, you know, that this is a go. And now there are two um, sort of um, ways you can attend, um, two sort of possibilities for attendance. Um, tell us about the first one, which is, as mentioned, yeah. this well, week um, on I Thursday. Project, I, I got a grant from Writers Victoria in the middle of the yep. year after I came back from France, and um, it was all a little bit of chaos. I was, I was a, a COVID artist caught in a whirlwind of, of uh, transnationalism and <laughs> and a lot of people coughing and sneezing. Um, so the, the, it was a bit of a, 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 a rather... Um, uh, complex and dynamic start to the project and at the time I could only really do it online um, and it's certainly been a struggle getting it getting it to this point um, and it has actually all come together as, as we say in showbiz quite well but um, the online version is, is within the Melbourne Fringe program, it's within the LGBTQI program of UCS Melbourne Fringe which is called the, Art, the Festival of the Impossible which I think is a fantastic name for anyone doing a festival in mm-hmm. the current climate um, so people can join online there um, um, the time is at 6 to 7.30pm on the 19th of November um, and um, the event lasts for about an hour to an hour and a half depending on how long our discussions go and, yeah. and our little talk fest. Um, then we're repeating the same event um, actually within the Castlemaine French Festival in the arty haven of Castlemaine up in the um, central goldfields where we have very, very large queer communities and we have a lot of a lot of artists and a very progressive culture. So um, we have a new venue there called the Northern Arts Hotel, which is um, hosting um, a small live audience that we've, um, we've developed and we're going to be live streaming the event. That's also got an online dimension to it as well, so people can join virtually from the city. If they miss the Melbourne Fringe event, um, they can get a repeat ticket quite easily at the... Um, at the uh, tribe booking site um, for queer at Tang conversations and LGBTQI content in the gold fields. Yep, which is very, um, very I... awesome because, of course, you know, whilst we, Victoria is now more open, um, and this one will be open to those in regional and rural areas who sometimes get left behind. So that's absolutely yeah, and it's about even though we have actually a lot of growing visibility up in the gold fields area, mm. which is from today up in Castlemaine, you know, um, from Bendigo to Castlemaine to Dalesford, we've had several pride festivals. We have yep. Thorn Harbour doing wonderful stuff with its rural services, and we have um, a, a queer strategic plan to the whole region, which is really exciting and, and, and bubbling along quite well. And this is kind of nested within that kind of framework. Um, but yes, it's really about creating more visibility still in the country and giving places people virtually and in real life to places where they can meet and talk about issues in their lives. Yep. Cool. Well, um... and create a bit of culture and have a bit of fun. So the live one up here is going to be interesting. I'm one of the, it's one of the first live events to happen actually. Um, so we're not sure how it's going to go, but we're already half sold out, so we're quite happy about that. <laughs> good, good, good. So, um, look, so, yeah, the simplest ticket, way... We price, them, we price them very accessibly. It's $8 concession, $12 um, um, full price. It's really it's really been priced to make it accessible to the whole of the community. It's uh, not a commercial venture. It's really a venture about getting people together and reconnecting and talking after a long period of queer isolation. Absolutely. Um, so, and it's um, the Melbourne one is digital, so as they say, as Fringe are saying, pants off. 
Um, it's very easy it's to get tickets. It's certainly pants off. You can, you can wear whatever you like. You can wear nothing. Yes, what's the dress code? Wear one if you want to. Um, someone has to do those um, 70s gags. But um, you can get tickets at melbournefringe.com.au. And I love the search engine on the Fringe site. You just put in queer at and your up comes queer at Cannes, C-A-N-N-E-S. And then, of course, the Goldfields one. Hello to all our regional listeners. Um, good to have um, you with us. Um, yeah, that'll be on the 26th of, that's it's repeated one week later on the 26th of November from 6 to 8 p.m. Sensational. Um, David, I think we've got it covered. There's um, lots. Um, you've covered, you just covered it um, excellently. So, um, you know, thanks for coming on the show. And um, Thanks, Sally. Uh, yes, it's been a whirlwind. It's been a whirlwind, but um, we've <laughs> whirled our way out the other end, which is really good. So we've got it covered once again, melbournefringe.com.au. Put um, queer at, and then or just even Q-U-E-E, and you could see um, all the ones beginning with that. A very good search. I love good search engines that are useful. Search engines are wonderful, aren't they? Yes, they yep. are indeed. They're an entertainment delight. <laughs> yep. So um, definitely... Um, yes, join in um, on that one, and for um, and a great great panel, as you say, very diverse as well. Um, as they say in the film industry and on stage, chookers for the event. And thank um, you, thank you, Sally, and thanks for I coming like on the show. One last thing. You, you don't need to be a writer to come to it, um, or you, you don't need to be a creative. I think it's really important that stories. We all tell our stories, whether they're formally or informally, and I think it's something storytelling is something that. We, we constantly make sense of our life through our stories. So it really is an event for the whole community, not not just a, a creative and, and writer's community. I think everyone goes out to cinema, everyone goes to plays, everyone reads books. I think this is something that everyone will connect with the power of narrative. Yeah, well, look, I, I totally agree with that. Um, as someone who tells my story frequently and quite comfortable to do it, all that sort of thing. Um, but I think it's very hard to debate people's stories and you know, I think that everyone also has to start, I think in line with your comment that everyone's sort of can come to this, um, you know, people have got to start telling stories somewhere and, um, you know, this That's is a good right. way to learn. Um, and also I just repeat, I always repeat the offer that is on on stand on a standing um, sort of line on this show that any queer person can come on this show and tell their story, you know, just to sort of get a start in doing that and work through nerves as well. So, um, Absolutely. We, um, it's always there. Everyone has a story and everyone has the right to tell it. That's right. All right, David, I better leave it there. Thanks so much for your Thanks, time Sally. today. Thank you. Have very, a good very, Sunday. Thank you very much, my love. No worries. All right, catch you soon. Bye okay, for now. Take care. Bye. David Farrington um, talking about um, Queer At um, with the at symbol, as you would have in a Twitter handle, Khan, C-A-N-N-E-S, in my best French, or something like that. Um, these are just the events Fringe needs, and you've got to give Fringe a big tick um, that there is such a large queer section, as there was last year, huge numbers, including trans and gender diverse people. Great to see. Of course, um, we also value the Midsummer Festival, which is mid-end of autumn in the coming uh, months, um, watch, um, and I'll be um, on air this time during most of that time. Um, so, uh, yep, watch out for that as well. Anyway, 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, um, 3CR On Demand will have something that I hope will um, have some flange in it. Brandy eyes I'm talking to myself 
And the story goes He came out To make a brand new start In an effort to forget The sad affair of the heart And with these romantic notions To the colonies he came Where he settled in the tropics And made his fortune grow king Well, let the cane fields burn Let the flames rise Let the politicians and the bankers in the city look up There's a photo of my parents Taken in between wars In London, Rome or Paris I don't know for sure But it hangs there in the hallway And there's one for every year Fortunes made, fortunes paid For champagne souvenirs So let the cane fields burn Let the flames rise Let the politicians and the bankers in the city look up In wonder at the glow in the skies Let the cane fields burn Let me feel no Hi, I'm Marjan. 
and you're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 AM on your radio dial. Also on digital radio and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Please subscribe. Three CR eight five five AM, three CR digital, three CR.org.au, three CR on demand. Out of the pan with Sally, first broadcasting noon till one every Sunday afternoon, Australian Eastern Daylight Time Savings Time, summertime. And we just had two tracks. Um the first of the two tracks was Billy Joel from Glass Houses and C'était um, Toi, um a bit of French in line of queer at calm. And then we heard from Graham Connors and Let the Cane Fields Burn, which, um, well, sometimes, to quote Picasso, every act of creation is first an act of destruction. Um, And sometimes we have to do that. And there's going to be a bit of that in the second half of the program. And I will um, issue content warnings, mentions of queerphobia, lateral hostility, etc. We've got a few things to talk about. There's a mix of good and bad. And it also just I picked up on a couple of remarks David said, which just by coincidence um, link in to this. And once again, of course, the opinions on this program are my own personal opinions and not those of any organisation with which I may be associated Well, lots going on. First of all, let's start with the good news, which shows how easy it is to look forward to a better future. And that is, of course, following from the Biden victory at the time of broadcast last week on the 8th of November. Um, Well, we the speeches were going live as um, of Biden and Harris were going happening virtually live as we went to air. And unfortunately, multitasking doesn't quite um, um, work that well. And I wanted to watch them. They are just absolutely awesome. The mention of trans people, um, a first for a US president-elect, amazing. And the news this week that if you go to Kamala Harris's profile on Twitter, sorry, Kamala Harris, I beg your pardon, um, um, at the end it says, pronouns used, she, her. My goodness, one of the most powerful women in the world. Um, There is a debate between whether it's Kamala or Jacinta Ardern. Um, Invaders, please, Jacinta. Um, Seriously, um, what an amazing thing for a 55-year-old trans woman like myself to see that. Um, You know, it just shows, uh, is amazing. But it also shows how easy it is to be an ally. Because they're on the the flip side of the coin, the, um, the proverbial yang or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, sort of, um, um, you know, um, I'm sorry, I've been missing the SMS messages um, um, as well. Um, my multitasking skills are going into overload. Um, so catch up on those. Um, and, um, you know, sort of um, one of our, um, um, reg- our, we don't have, sorry, regular listeners. We have awesome listeners. Xavier has um, said that, that um, the person was a lovely role model on the show. And, um, yep, um, apparently I was on television Friday night. must have been a repeat. Um, so thank you, Xavier. And um, you know, also um, we've got a question that's come in from John, which I'll address actually in light of, um, you know, sort of um, what we're about to say here. Um, so today is the third anniversary of the announcement of the dreaded postal survey result in Australia on marriage equality, which of course went 61.6% saying yes of those who are voting. Um, well, um, the problem with that is we've got people saying, let's celebrate that anniversary for the couples who could then have their marriages from overseas recognised if they were other than one male, one female on a birth certificate. 
and or um, for those who could now could get married um, in Australia, I wish you every celebration with every degree of compersion that I have. However, I can't celebrate this as an LGBTIQ victory because it was not. And the number of trans people who felt sold out by people for whom I can speak as I identify with those and trying to be an ally to other groups, many people of colour, people with disabilities, um, that sort of thing, I think is hugely problematic. Um, So we have work to do. And the question that's come in from John, I'll read this exactly. Sally, what is your view that the Republican gay vote doubled to 28% while the Democrat total white vote halved, just as what happened in the UK? Are people sick of wokeism? John. Well, you know, sort of the problem with the... I, my answer to that, John, linking into what I'm, you know, what I'm mentioning here is that unfortunately there is an element, repeat element, whoever they are, of rich cisgender and not that I can really speak, say white, but on occasions white men who think that now that they've got marriage, it's all over and they've assimilated and they've got everything that um, straight white men have and they don't care. And so there are some people voting Republican, uh, LGBTI people voting Republican. Yes, lots of people did um, in general. And I should also point out that that is an LGBT vote um, who voted Republican based on some exit polls. I did see that report. And my issue with that is I'd like a breakdown of, you know, sort of if possible of the intersectionality there of people who identified as lesbian, gay, bi, trans. I'd be interested to see how many trans people could vote Republican. I just, I cannot um, understand that. Um, So that is my response there. And so coming back to the so-called anniversary of the postal survey result, you know, um, to quote my dear, um, to quote um, a famous philosopher and, um, you know, um, also one of my friends who uses this um, sort of quote a lot, um, you know, what have we learnt from that? Yes, people make mistakes, wise people fix them, um, you know, sort of um, learn from them, um, acknowledge them and, you know, sort of, um, you know, make sure that we don't repeat them again. And um, as um, a saying goes, um, history shows that those who do not learn history and those who do learn, um, you know, um, are doomed to repeat it, um, as um, a saying goes. Um, and I think that that's a real um, issue, that have we learned from the mistakes of that campaign? Um, George San- Santayana is the original of the quote, those who do not learn history are doomed to repeat it. Um, and those who can remember the past are condemned to repeat it is another version thereof. And have our own communities really learned from the mistakes of the postal survey? I got um, a message leading me to a warm and fuzzy video about um, LGBTI gains. Rah, rah, rah. But, you know, where it went, um, you know, it was quite apt that, um, um, you know, David in the first half of the show talked about disparity in queer communities. You know, yes, we've you know, lately in Australia, and I'll just stick to Australia for a moment, lesbians and gays have come a long way. And we're beginning to see very, very slowly a turn in bi and trans. Also has to be announced that um, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have, um, once they do take office, and we have to assume they will, I don't think we want to assume otherwise, um, that they will try to address some of the issues facing trans people, particularly trans women of colour. And that's very welcome that that allyship and commitment to equity is there. Um, 
And so very, very important that that happens. Um, But are we seeing that in some grassroots leaders in Australia when we can't get that acknowledgement? It should be noted that, um, and this was a public uh, piece of information, Karen Phelps in a video that came out early in the postal survey, um, you know, sort of, um, you know, had this um, video where she um, played a bit of the horrendous Christian lobby ad, content warning transphobia, where the Christian lobby um, stooge was saying, my son was told he had to wear a dress to school next year, which of course is not true. And then cuts back to Karen Phelps, over the next few months, the gay gay and lesbian community will face blah, blah, blah. Well, that's taking a trans issue for gay and lesbian purposes. Marriage was never a trans priority. And going beyond my sense of self, um, you know, we still have such little progress in Australia and um, only a little around the world. Malta having some legislation, but Argentina in the last couple of weeks, um, a few weeks ago during the 14 days of intersex, announced that their lower houses passed some laws um, outlawing compulsory surgeries, which is incredibly welcome. So these are the issues we need to face. And this video that I saw this morning had one brief mention of trans, but the rest was all nice middle-class assimilationist, um, quasi um, big, um, well, I don't like giving commercial plugs, but quasi David Jones look catalogue look type of people. And that's where we got let down. So not good enough. And it was interesting, um, declaring my interest in the fringe event that I was in during the week, um, let me get things off my chest um, you know, how much lateral hostility is still happening and how it's not being tackled. It was interesting, the next day I was on a Zoom discussion and um, one person, um, you know, not related to that, and one person was a bit snarky at me. I suppose you, you've got that out of your mind now, but one person has come back to me and said, yes, it was a lot of people have come back and said it was really good. So, yeah, not really celebrating um, the anniversary of the postal survey today. Sorry, can't. Um, only for those people who are enjoying their relationships. I understand what that's like. When my birth certificate that finally said female arrived um, in May after the Victorian laws came into effect, I just couldn't put it away in my filing cabinet. I have it framed on my desk where I've been working from home. I get how important it is. All right, um, let's have um, a couple of messages and then come back and wrap up with the most important part of the program, Trans Day of Remembrance, as we're in Trans Awareness Week, Trans Day of Remembrance coming up next Friday the 20th, 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. 3CR programs provide information and analysis you won't hear in the mainstream. Today we'll be looking at the legacy of the US war on Vietnam on Laos. And as far as corporate capitalism is concerned, it is the worst political and economic system that you can have. Our laws about jailing refugees and asylum seekers are so well crafted. Sex is not irrelevant and we like who we are, but we don't have to be imprisoned by our gender. Become a subscriber today. Call us on 9419 8377 or visit 3cr.org.au. 3CR, the voice of dissent. Hi, Man's here from the Japarong Embassy. On October the 26th, after two and a half years of defending sacred women's country, The embassy, family, friends and supporters were forcibly removed from country by Victoria Police. The Andrews State Government, alongside Major Roads Projects Victoria, 
have begun their violent attack to desecrate the sovereign lands of the Japarong to make way for the duplication of the Western Highway between Buangor and Ararat. There are many old growth trees, one significant tree in particular, a 350-year-old yellow box gum, the Directions tree. She's a placenta tree who holds the DNA of the Japarong ancestors. She was felled by a chainsaw at the hands of a government that is asking for a treaty with its first peoples. The embassy and its frontline protectors are calling out for your help. To find out more, including how to get to the embassy to help defend on the ground, visit the Japarong Heritage Protection Embassy's Facebook page. Educate yourself, donate to their chuff campaign, and spread the word. 3CR supports the Japarong Heritage Protection Embassy. No trees, no treaty. 3CR, 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR on demand, out of the pan with Sally. First broadcasting, noon till one, Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. Roving reporter, great to hear from you. Um, We've had uh, lots of messages um, from you in the last uh, few minutes. Um, And um, Caitlin Jenner votes Republican, (laughs) yeah. Um, Well, uh, moving right along is perhaps all we can say there. And we do need a sociologist to break down demographics, absolutely so. Um, You know, that, um, you know, it'd be very interesting to see. Um, And, yeah, Kamala Kamala Harris's chief of Harris is a black queer woman, and I'm pretty certain there won't be any affairs of state, but decent policies, bad pun intended, Sally, in lieu of our Canberra bubble, which I also wanted to talk about quickly before we wrap up on the positive that is Trans Day of Remembrance. And um, when I say positive, I want to talk about what it means for our trans community in the context of the times. Obviously, it's a horrific day. But very quickly, just to give a starter on the um, Four Corners um, report on sexism, which, of course, you know, can often this is the same evil roots that lead to homophobia, transphobia, queerphobia um, and set and more. You know, is this really so hard? Consent. No means no. Hesitation means no. If someone says yes, you talk about what the yes means. You don't assume that you've got a right to just run on, you know, sort of put your hand up someone's skirt or whatever it is, regardless of which gender of the person wearing the skirt, of course. Um, It's really not that hard. And yet some people, um, um, you know, sort of don't seem to get that. Um, Very quickly, um, Roving said, what do I think of Tim Wilson's proposal in Parliament? Was it political, genuine or both? Now, I'm I'm going to have to guess very quickly, Roving, that by um, proposal, was that to partner, to marry? Look, it could have been political and genuine. I mean, we don't believe in binaries on this program. If it was another sort of proposal, let me know. But um, running out of time, so do need to talk about um, Trans Day of Remembrance, which comes up this Friday and look, it's been a very, very um, difficult year. Content warning, 350 trans people murdered, the largest number since the Trans Monitoring Project um, started collecting the information, and that's horrendous. However, the fact that um, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have come in and really communicated very clearly what they're about and put some plans down, and they have detailed specifics. You can look for um, transgender first 100 days Joe Biden or something in your search engine. It will probably come up. Um, I think there has to be at least reason to say that at least we've hit an extreme watermark on this, at least in America. But, of course, people follow the example of people in positions of power, 
And the other thing that this will do is that, you know, sort of some of the more right-wing elements in politics, now that Trump is clearly, has overwhelmingly lost, are going to stop imitating him because they don't want to be seen to be imitating a loser. That's got to help. Of course, we still have a certain national newspaper in this country that's actually criticised the ABC report and said it, um, what was it, it um, they shot themselves in the foot or something on the Four Corners report, seriously. So I do have a sense of optimism and thank you to all the people who, you know, sort of held, held strong during the last few, few very difficult years in America and also in Australia. I think that with also the collapse of the One Nation and Palmer vote in the Queensland election, that is a promising sign for us federally, but we've still got, you know, sadly at least um, as scheduled, another couple of years of the current federal government. Um, anyway, I've got to move out of here and make way for freedom of species. Thanks to once again to David for being on the show. Thanks to Roving um, John and Xavier for your um, tuning in. Thanks to all our loyal, awesome listeners. Take it out today with a track um, appropriately from Dread Circus um, lead vocals Jade Star and the title cut of Gender Optimised 2.0. And, well, that's what it is. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week.